The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. They filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. It's probably true in your household as it is in mine If you want to know what's really going on in the family, the place to go is the kitchen. If you want to get something done, the place to go is the kitchen. And if you want to have an important conversation, the place to go is the kitchen. Although, as someone at the 8 o'clock reminded me this morning, another important place to go is simply to go for a drive in the car with the family. But that's where things happen, often, in the kitchen. And it makes sense, right? Kitchens are the place where we are doing the most primary, essential business of the household, and that's preparing food and getting things ready, getting things cleaned up often. So that's where the action happens. Our gospel reading this morning captures that image very vividly, along with a whole bunch of other symbols that John puts in our path. John is laying the foundation for his gospel. He's the only gospel author who tells us this story of the wedding in Cana, and it comes very early. Jesus has just come from his baptism in the River Jordan, and he has just called his first followers. And he arrives at the wedding, but if you notice, the action of the story is not centered on the bride and the bridegroom. 
The sense is they're in another room somewhere enjoying the banquet with the guests. The action is happening in the kitchen where there are the jars of water and the servants are scurrying back and forth to keep all the guests and the primary players of the wedding party happy. You also notice that John opens this gospel by saying on the third day. That is a hint that's being dropped like a bombshell on us. The third day, of course, is the day of resurrection. Early Christians would have understood that, and I think that's what John means. That is to say there is a foretelling here of what is to come. And the image of the wedding banquet is an ancient image for the people of God. It discloses the kind of relationship they are called to have with the divine. The ancient authors, including Isaiah, hint that God is like a faithful spouse or husband who comes and marries the people of God. And that's an image that the authors of the Christian scriptures pick up and use over and over and over again in their writings. We also have what typically happens in the kitchen, and that's a bit of an argument. For those of you who are mothers, it must sound very familiar. An argument not just with a child, but an adult child who's already striking out on their own and has their own ideas about what things are to be like. And Jesus exchanges sharp words with his mother today in something that is both very familiar and also that is very typical of an ancient Jewish household. Because who often holds sway in the kitchen? The mother, right? At least that's true in my household. How about yours? And there are often arguments that happen there over important things and not so important things. And there's a way in which Mary does the typical thing as many mothers and parents generally do with their adult children. She throws up her hands and she turns to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. The subtext is there's no arguing with him anymore. He's an adult now. But there are also, the other subtext is that Mary has a deep sense somewhere, perhaps even beneath her ability to put language to it, that something extraordinary is unfolding right then and there. This is also a weekend where we remember Martin Luther King Jr. and it goes to a story that was also very important in his life. It goes back to when he was 27 years old. Rosa Parks had just sparked the enormous protest that would begin the wheels turning of the civil rights era 
and Martin Luther King had stepped forward as a leader in that movement and had suffered death threat after death threat. In fact, only a few days after he writes what I'm about to share with you, his house was bombed and he survived. But he writes this, and listen carefully for the setting. Late one night, I was ready to give up. In a state of exhaustion, when my courage had all but gone, I decided to take my problem to God. With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and prayed aloud. At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced him before. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, Stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. Almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared and I was ready to face anything. Kitchens are the place where transformation happens. And that is the story of today. That's what it means when Jesus changes the water into wine we are being called to a life of transformation. We have it embodied in our space right now. Remember, we have the baptismal font at the back where the primary symbol is water. And when we approach God's table, the symbols turn to bread and, of course, to wine. It's a symbol of our journey of transformation in the Christian life. We are also reminded today that while kitchens are places of transformation, what we are being told by John is that we are no longer just with our families in those kitchens. Like Martin Luther King, there is a new presence among us at the kitchen table. We are being told that now Christ and God in Christ joins us in the kitchen. And if our experience is anything like Martin Luther King's was, that means all bets are off, right? Martin Luther King was only 27 when this happened, but this is what he remembered as the pivotal point in his journey where he was being called into a place without fear. He would help lead a transformation of not just people who had suffered under the yoke of oppression for centuries, but the transformation of an entire nation and inspiration for the world. All because he realized with him in the kitchen late one night was his God. And a God who can change water into wine 
can change our hearts of fear and stone into living hearts of courage and hope. This is the third and final step for us in what is promised in the Epiphany season. You remember the three key stories, the coming of the wise folk from the East, the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, and finally today, the miracle at the wedding in Cana. The reminder that God now has come among us and dwells with us and even gets into it with us in the kitchens of our lives because God is out to transform us in ways that we can hardly imagine. So our call is to be open to that transformation. And I invite you this week to welcome God into your kitchen and then watch for the signs of transformation. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Oh,